You're listening to the Chicago Audible Podcast, changing up the way Bears fans stay up to date on their favorite team since 2015. Now get ready. Because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Chicago Audible, and welcome to our Week 6 Chicago Bears postgame show as the Bears fell to the Green Bay Packers by the final score of 24-14. It was a 10-point loss, felt like a million points uh, when it was all said and done. Uh, I'm Russell DeWitt. I'm joined by Nicholas Moriano and Mason West. Uh, if you hear background noise, that's because we are outside on the field of, well, Soldier Field here uh, for our first ever stand-up outside uh, here in the stadium. So trying something a, a little bit different, a little bit new here today. Uh, hopefully you enjoy this. We'll keep it a little bit shorter just with this different setup. Um, but Nick, what was like the deciding factor in this game? Why did the Bears end up losing? I think the biggest thing, we talked about this when we were in the press box, Will, is after that Justin Fields interception, the Bears went four consecutive punts while the Packers went on a touchdown drive following the interception. They went for a field goal. Then there was a kneel down right before half. Then they follow up that uh, they start the third quarter with another touchdown. And again, at that same time, the Bears, instead of scoring, they were punting the ball and not putting up any points on the scoreboard. And we talked about it. You need to score points against Aaron Rodgers' Green Bay Packers. The Bears just didn't do enough of that today. They didn't. And at that point, the Bears had all the momentum in this game. Uh, that interception, I blame the officiating. And I know, Nick, we don't usually do that here on this podcast. Um, but that no call on the offsides where Justin thought he had a free play. Everyone in this stadium thought yeah. there was a free play to be had there. So he chucked it to the end zone, intercepted. And from that moment on, Green Bay did seize momentum. But Mason, how about you? Do you have a, a different, I guess, deciding factor in this game? I mean, really for me, a little bit of that momentum, but then also a little bit of that swagger. So if, you could just tell Justin was a, was a little different after that interception, right? Like he wasn't necessarily standing in the pocket quite as long. Mm-hmm. He wasn't attacking downfield, right? And there were a lot of sacks that occurred. And when you have that kind of a play where you're not necessarily sure, you know, did I make the right decision? You know, should I have pressed it? You know, did I cost my team points? You're going to act a little different. Now, he rebounded and he you know, got a touchdown to Darnell Mooney, but you really felt there was that shift throughout the rest of the game. Yeah, you really did. We'll just jump into our opening drive here, my monster moment of the game. And it's going to be that 41-yard pass that Aaron Rodgers had uh, after the Bears were able to close this game to a three-point game in the fourth quarter. Uh, the Bears defense had a chance to make a stop, get the Bears offense back on the field, see what can happen. But instead, you have uh, Devontae Adams beating Jalen Johnson. I uh, end up making the catch. Eddie Jackson with a no-effort tackle uh, as well. Luckily, Adams stepped out of bounds. Didn't matter, though. A few plays later, Aaron Rodgers scrambles in for the touchdown to put the Packers up 10 and ultimately being that final score, 24-14. to 14. But that's my monster moment of the game, just because the Bears did have a chance after that offensive drive that the Bears were able to muster with Justin Fields prior, which I'm excited to talk about that uh, here in a moment. Um, but still, the defense not showing up when they needed to in the most crucial moment, uh, unfortunately, has been the series, uh, the story of this series as of late. Uh, so that's going to be my monster moment of the game. Uh, Nick, do you have an opening statement? 
Well, it was a lot of what I said earlier. It's just in this rivalry, and especially when you play Aaron Rodgers, it's like each drive is crucial. It's not like you can take a take a play or a series off. And that's what the Bears really did in those five consecutive drives I was talking about. After that interception, it was different for the Bears offensively. Just they struggled to get downfield. And once they did that, it kind of swung momentum in the Packers' favor. And you saw, obviously, towards the end of the game, the Bears, yes, they, they still were trying to run the ball with Khalil Herbert, but that wasn't going to be what was going to get you back to this game being down what they were. So really, it's not executing on the drives that you were given and knowing Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback on the other side, you have to. And that seems to be the common theme usually this Bears-Packers rivalry. It's Aaron Rodgers putting pressure on the Bears offense. And usually, despite who's the quarterback, that offense can't just really take that pressure and, and turn it to points. So that that's ultimately what led to, to the Bears obviously losing this game. Mason, how about you? Do you have a stat of the game? I know we don't have the box score in front of us. Is there anything that you remember that stands out? Are you going to just take note of all like the different beer cans we see? The <laughs> over-under is probably about 500 based off of just my glancing around here. But any stat of the game that stands out? Uh, for me, the one that I really remember is for the Herbert. 19 carries for 97 yards. Mm. You really could have rode him to, to win here, right? If you had a couple of other things go your way, if you had to, that momentum, if you're off passing game was where you wanted to be. But to have someone like that, Phil Herbert, a rookie, sixth round, come in and put up 97 yards on a defense that, yes, is not necessarily top half of the league or anything of that nature, but still, that's huge. And there's a lot of, there's big, big shoes to fill with Dave Montgomery, and Herbert did that today. He really kept the Bears in the game. Like, that first drive, that was huge. And he had the second touchdown called back, and mm-hmm. luckily, the Bears were still able to score. But what Herbert did today was, was pretty fantastic. And I said this earlier, I feel like a proud father. <laughs> uh, as you should there, Mason. I'm surprised he didn't go with like the Bears defense in the red zone. Uh, every single time Green Bay entered the 20, uh, the Bears did allow the Packers to score. Three touchdowns, only one field goal force. And for this Bears defense that entered this game atop of the NFL in the red zone over the last three weeks, only allowing teams to score touchdowns on 27%, we needed them to be on their A game here today. Limit those points. It didn't happen. Uh, but I'll digress. Man, I hate losing to the Packers. I just wanted to say that now as a segue into our second quarter here to talk about this offense. I know Nikki kind of hit on some of the struggles, but, man, it pains me. It's like an hour, a little over an hour since this game's ended, and I'm still super deflated. Just the continued losses uh, to this team as well as this rivalry being as lopsided uh, as it is. And I'm sure Bears fans uh, can agree with me on that one. Uh, getting into the second quarter, though, let's talk about this Bears offense. Nick, when things were working, what was it? Was it just heavily being and leaning on a Khalil Herbert? What was the reason behind the success, at least early on, and then also what we saw down the stretch? Because they did have a good, nice scoring drive to close this game within three. It just was not enough here today. Well, what you saw from the Bears offense on the two scoring drives that they had, there were some explosive plays that were happening. You look at the first drive, the Bears actually, it was that Sam Mustafer fumble, and the Bears are actually able to overcome that. And you do that by getting an 11-yard reception, Darnell Mooney, then a 20-yard reception to Allen Robinson. They eventually get down the field, score a touchdown. And then you look at their second scoring drive, you have you find Allen Robinson for another 20-yard gain. You have Komet, finally an explosive passing hey. reception for Cole Komet for 21 yards. And Justin Fields even scrambling for a good gain on 14 yards. So you had some of those bigger chunk plays, and you can take away – from that as being a positive because the Bears were able to get some of those and the Packers defense was actually pretty good in the passing game of limiting those bigger plays downfield. So 
that's what you see as a positive from even Justin Fields capitalizing on those plays and guys like Cole Komet who haven't really done much all season, they're able to, to capitalize on those. That's a really good point. Uh, the chunk plays were big for this Bears offense today. I like the fact that we had a couple third and shorts that mm-hmm. Justin didn't just take, you know, the gimme yards and pick up the first down. Instead, he took some shots. Uh, there are two different third and threes where he found Allen Robinson for a 20-yard pickup. And being a Bears fan, as long as we've all been Bears fans, we've seen quarterbacks and this Bears offense in general, doesn't matter who's playing QB, who's calling the plays, throw it short of the sticks all yeah. the time. So to see us push the envelope a bit and find some of these explosive plays and take advantage of those, the defense playing up a bit uh, was again, a, a little bit of a positive that I wanted to highlight here. Mason, I asked Nick about a positive. What was what was wrong with this offense when things were going bad? I'm still frustrated that they had two chances before and after the half to kind of get some points, and they were in an advantageous spot but unable to capitalize. It was a lot of little things, some of it being penalties, right, whether they were earned or sometimes not earned. Uh, <laughs> there were a couple of times where, honestly, yes, the Bears dropped the ball, you know, sometimes literally, sometimes figuratively. Uh, so there was a lack of separation from the receivers, right? There were times where Justin did have time to throw, and from the press box, we could see there you had to have a perfect throw to fit into some of those windows if he ripped it off. He chose not to. Makes sense based off of the interception he had earlier. He might have been a little shook on that, and that's okay. But... We saw that the opposite, really, with the Packers, right, where they were able to Aaron dumped it off to one of his playmakers and they then made a play. You know, we saw that on that one touchdown play where short pass made a play afterwards. And who on the Bears currently in the wideouts is doing that? Demir Bird had one target and he dropped it. Um, Also, he's blocking again on a tight end screen. Don't know why that's happening. Uh, And the problem is when Justin does attack down fields, it's either a really nice pass or he's throwing out of bounds and overthrow. There aren't a lot of the intermediate right now. Like, hey, let's throw a four-yard slant and see what comes of it. So now you're stuck in a second and ten instead of potentially, you know, a second and six. So it'd be nice to see some scheming first to get some of those little chunk plays and then the home runs. Yeah, no, very well done uh, and said there, Mason. Let's talk about Justin here real quick because I thought this was a game uh, that just encapsulates what it means to be a rookie quarterback in the NFL. There are some serious growing moments for Fields, as we've seen uh, throughout most of his games here so far this season, but also throws and just moments that make you know that this kid, as Mason, how would you say it? Is different. Yeah, built different. That's, that's <laughs> the exact quote uh, that I was trying to put you on a spot uh, there for. Um, but I, I go back to that scoring drive that the Bears had to make this a game in the fourth quarter. Justin Fields is a perfect like five for five. I think he had 64 yards, and 14 of which came on the ground. So him being able to, A, make all those completions, make all the throws, and then finding ways to use his feet to burn that defense and make this a ball game late was awesome. There was a bunch of throws ahead, all of us turning heads, looking at one another in the press box as he continues uh, to show off that arm strength and that accuracy, threading the needle. There was a few balls I had no idea uh, how I was able to complete those. But then there's those moments, whether it's to delay a game after you know the, the challenge mm-hmm. uh, on top of that, uh, maybe being a little too indecisive in the pocket as well, which is allowing him, you know, he doesn't know if he wants to run or throw it. So then he's also making some mistakes in that regard. But Nick, if you had to like grade Justin Fields game overall today, I know going up against Aaron Rodgers is a, you know, it's a Her- Herlickian task. I think that's how you pr- at least closely pronounce it. Uh, what would you grade it? That's a really good question because you did see some of those throws and I'll just bring it up because I know it's going to be all over Twitter at some point. The Kenny Clark where Allen Robinson's running down the middle of the field. It's, it's not, is it an impossible throw to make? 
I don't, I don't know if I would say that, but it's a difficult one. Yeah. And we know uh, Justin Fields has the arm strength and, and can definitely get it down there, but there was behind that pressure behind him. And he was able to get the first down with his leg. So you saw a bunch of good here. To answer your question, uh, Will, I think I'd give this probably – Maybe a B minus. Okay. B minus. I, I don't, you know, you saw some of the, it started early on, the very first drive. You know, you saw a bunch of those throws to the sideline where you need that arm strength, accuracy, and was able to deliver. And then, like you said, you can't have a delay a game, you know, right after a challenge. You can't, you can't have, I don't know, again, really what ended up happening with that fumble exchange, mm-hmm. but it looked like it was Sam Musfer on the, on the statue. I had no idea, but there are just certain things that you, you see from Justin Fields. Yes, there's positive, but there's still a little growing pains, but that's going to happen. Mason actually mentioned it like after this loss. It's like, we got to remember too, like this is what, after this loss, remember what the big picture thing is here, right? It's like his growth. And I think we're still, we're still seeing that even in this loss to the Packers. Uh, Agreed. Like he, I think in a fourth quarter really stood up and was able to just make those throws, make those plays. It's just in between there's some, there's some hit or miss here, but I want to go to Mason. What's your grade for Justin Fields here today? I'm a little lower than Nick. I'm at a C plus for today. Um, we did see some really good stuff scrambling with his legs. We saw a couple that throw to Mooney, which was to be fair, wide open. Uh, and he did have a couple nice fit in some windows where there's that one to Al Robinson between two defenders, which was just beautiful. There's not that many quarterbacks that can make that play. But there were a lot of rookie mistakes. We, I mean, you guys have said it. Um, and I think we saw it in that last drive of the fourth quarter when, I mean, the game was more or less over. But if you could get a quick score or something, right, maybe you can get an onside kick and have a chance. Just holding on to the ball a little too long, mm-hmm. right, putting yourself in a bad spot. I mean, he wasn't helped out by having an ineligible, you know, lineman downfield. <laughs> That's not on him, of course. But the good quarterbacks overcome, right, some of those mistakes. And the good quarterbacks make – players around them better so far that's not where he's at right now and like nick said i did say that earlier where you have to remember what this is like the team that's currently around justin today is not the team that's going to be around him a year from now whether that's you know for the better or for the worse so this is all about can we develop the young players like a justin fields like a khalil herbert all those things and like you said will he did overcome some really good adversity and we saw some growth within the game and that's everything I'd expect from Justin Fields. I think I say that almost every week, but I expect him to demonstrate growth week to week, drive to drive, series to series, quarter to quarter. And we saw that here today. So we talked about some positives and negatives with Justin Fields today. Uh, Nick, I'm going to go over to you, and I just have two words, and I'll set you up here. Cody Whitehair. Oh, it was a rough day. Well, like, I mean, there was so many plays where I'm like, oh, that's Cody Whitehair again. There's his guy going by him. So you can't have – your your veterans on your on your offensive line play at like they do, and this was in a Packers defensive line that was completely dominant, right? Uh, in terms of the players that they have, and you saw Kenny Clark, and I'm, the guy that they have that can disrupt, um, you know, plays was doing that consistently against Cody Wire. So you can't have that, and you know that kind of equates to what Justin can or can't do on a given play, and you're getting beat right off the snap. It's it's tough, Will, but yeah, it's uh. Not one of Cody Whitehair's better games for sure, and a rival game, division game. You 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 want to see those guys kind of step up for these, you know, tough games. Uh, they sure are. Anything else on offense, Nick, that you wanted to hit on here in this post game recap, whether it be you know positive, negative, neutral, I don't mind. Uh, I mean, just to go back to a rookie running back in Cleo Herbert getting 19 carries, like you said, Mason, 97 yards. He he showed such good decisiveness in his cuts and looked like he, you know, he's ready for this role. Like way, way sooner than I think I was expecting. And just seeing how the Bears, you know, used Damian Williams last game. I'm like, 
can Khalil Herbert really do this? And without a doubt, he definitely can. So really, really encouraged by what Khalil Herbert was gonna, you know, did in this game despite the loss. No, he is. Uh, he plays beyond his years. He, he does. does not look like a, a rookie running back. Whether it's the vision, whether it's the burst to get to the outside, the willingness to you know fight through contact. I can go on and on, but that's Mason's job. Regardless, you're right. He he doesn't look like a rookie out there. Uh, Mason, how about you? Anything else on offense you want to hit on today that kind of tells the story uh, of what we saw here today? At the end of the day, what's the hierarchy? Who is your your third, fourth weapon, right? Because I mean, you're the top, and that's the thing too with the Packers. They were missing their top two secondary players, and then Darn uh, Savage went out too. So you know, we're missing him on the back end, which is ridiculous that the receivers couldn't do better. But let's you know, after Mooney. After Robinson, after now in this case right now, Phil Herbert, who's that other person when they decide we're going to take away those people? Who's the person that's going to step up? They tried having Burry do it a little bit. He couldn't. Komet had like just a handful of catches. He didn't really do it. Goodwin, he drew that pass interference on that first drive. So that was fantastic. But where's that next step? Where's that next person coming from? Because the good teams have that, right? And they don't have to make a play every time. But when you take away the top options, you have to be available. Awesome. I think the only other thing I wanted to mention here uh, about the offense, uh, it's just the unfortunate is that even though there were instances where they were able to kind of overcome mistakes or setbacks for the majority of this game, they were unable to uh, in this one. And as much as we were talking about fields and, you know, the up and down, I don't think he had a ton of help from his receivers for the majority of this game, like at least watching it from the view that we had. Uh, I didn't see a lot of receivers, you know, consistently open on balls, uh, you know, plays that he was holding the ball longer than I would like. He didn't really have anywhere to go. Uh, so either he has to throw it away or tuck it and run. With the shots that he's been taking, ideally maybe just throw it away, live to fight uh, an, another day here. But, fellas, let's move into the third quarter of this recap. and Let's talk about this Bears defense. And, Nick, I know you were excited about the Bears' ability at offense to make some big explosive plays, but I'm sure you're equally, if not maybe more, disappointed in the defense and their inability to stop him from Green Bay. Uh, I think – Every single scoring drive that the Packers had, uh, at least a touchdown drive from my recollection, uh, there's at least one play that went for 25 more yards, whether it be on the ground or whether it be through the air. No, and that's exactly what happened throughout this game. And this was a Packers offense, too, that was really down in their red zone production as opposed to even last year. So the Bears you know, made that a strength for the Green Bay. Once they got into that area of the field, there wasn't really stopping the Packers and Aaron Rodgers, whoever he was you know, targeting. Unless it was a, what, the pass interference call that, you know, ended up working in the Bears' favor. That, it still ended up in a field goal, right? But, yeah, the Bears, you saw a lot of the, a lot of similar mistakes. Bad tackling, just exploiting one-on-one matchups. It's like things that we're consistently seeing, you know, in the previous games, but maybe it didn't completely kill, the, like, a drive for the Bears' defense. When it's Aaron Rodgers, when it's the Packers, it does. Because when you have those kind of guys that can do that consistently, and have been doing it to you as you know for years now. They find those ways to capitalize on like what the Bears, you know, offense was able to do in this game. So yeah, the defense um, did not come up to the challenge against their their rival today. Uh, surely uh, did not, Mason. I want to hand it over to you. What was I, I guess the biggest reason why this Bears defense didn't have much success here today compared to like what we saw a week ago against the Raiders? Uh, besides the referees, but I, just, I mean, just kidding. Um, it's, it's funny because while Devontae had a couple of big plays, I wasn't like, he wasn't destroying the Bears. You know, Jalen Johnson actually did a pretty good job. What 
killed them was you're playing Aaron Rodgers who can spread the ball around, right? I mean, every time I looked up and there was a catch being made and it wasn't Devontae, Alan Lazard was stepping up, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, not Robert Tanyan, but their second tight end, who I'm totally blanking on, 89. I, I have no idea right now. I saw my head who that is. He had like three or four catches. and Mercedes Lewis? Mercedes or, Lewis, thank yeah. you. And uh, it had defenders bouncing off of him. Right? <laughs> yeah, right? Making spin moves. Times. It's it's that second, third, fourth layer of a veteran quarterback who knows how to get the ball out and into open spaces so that they can make plays. That's what you didn't see with the Bears today. So, yes, you're able to take away Devontae, which is what we asked for, right, in, in our preview episode. And actually, the Bears did pretty good holding Aaron Jones back initially. You know, he had couple, broke off a couple long runs. But then when you have the little things, like a Mario Edwards penalty that gives a new set of downs, when you do have a pass interference call, on Jalen Johnson, that was questionable. That that's going to set you back. You know, when you have instances of missed tackles that are ridiculous, and I'm going to do it. We're probably going to talk about it later. But Eddie Jackson needs to figure out his stuff. Like this is ridiculous now. Just no effort on that one goose that Aaron Rodgers threw up. That I mean, maybe he didn't make the interception, but at least try. You know, the weird shoulder hit to Devontae Adams where he luckily hit him out of bounds. Like little things like that catch up when you're playing someone like Aaron Rodgers. And I'm gonna and he's the main person, those two, and Mario Edwards that I'm gonna call out for this game. Okay, look at you. Calling out. Shots are fired. Nick, how about you? Because Mason had a good point. It's like when you I was just browsing the stats here on my phone as he was talking, like we only allowed Rodgers like six point five yards per pass. You know, mm-hmm. that's respectable. I can handle numbers like that. Uh, I was a little surprised that the Packers were able to run it as well as they did here today. Having Akeem Hicks back, Eddie Goldman down in his third game. Uh, I, they averaged five yards for a pop. Were you surprised, as least I was, watching this game that the Packers were able to move it as effortlessly uh, on the ground as they did? There were, you know, the Bears were able to bottle up a chunk, but there's just a lot where they're getting, you know, decent amount of yards. Whether not just the 25 yarders that they had a couple that led up, but the ones that went for like six, seven, and that just I felt like deflated that defense and it took a lot of the air out of the stadium too. Yeah, no, definitely was surprising. And the Packers lost their starting center early on yep. in this game too, so they're down guys. They're still able to effectively run the ball, and they're getting those big chunks too. Like, the Packers are one of the worst teams in terms of getting those explosive run plays. And, of course, it happens against the Bears here at Soldier Field. So it was surprising given that they had some injuries, but I think that's what makes the Packers dangerous is that when they need to make those plays, it's like what Mason was just talking about. There are guys that just step up. They just step up when they need to. And when A.J. Dillon is you know carrying a couple Bears, bouncing off tackles, it is demoralizing. And I think that, again – equates to what this Bears defense couldn't do collectively is it goes back to the tackling. It goes back to getting – like when they have a, a good stop on first down, there are a couple times on one of the later drives where it was first and 10, give up no yards, whether it's an incomplete pass or make a tackle in the backfield. Second and 10, you get a 30-yard pass to Devontae M. Second down and 10, there was another opportunity where Lazard beats uh, one of the cor- – Vildor on a slant route. It's like you win on first down, and then they just hit you really quickly on, on second down. So that's a Packers offense, though, and – you know, they. I think what they did offensively just was better than what Sean Desai schemed up throughout the week. So, yeah, and Desai did, and this defense did a great job on third down, only two of eight. And the problem is what you just said. You only force eight third <laughs> downs the in the entire game. And once you allow Green Bay in the 20, if you know you're giving up points, in this case, more times than not, six, it's going to be a long game because the Spirits offense can't play in a shootout form. And I don't think 24 points is considered, you know, a shootout by any means, but for this Bears Bears, offense, it's more than enough. We still, again, Mason, the magic number is 20. Can the Bears top it or not or surpass it? The world may 
Well, we know. Uh, (laughs) There you go. The answer is no. Uh, Outside of that, though, Nick, I wanted to get your thoughts about uh, Xavier Crawford playing in the nickel uh, just real quickly, because that surprised, I think, all three of us when we saw that here today. Yeah, I think the first play he comes in, he gets beat. <laughs> like the very first play, like there's Xavier Crawford, and there he gets beat. Yeah, that was um, interesting because I think Duke Shelley had been playing, you know, pretty decently. Better for, each yeah, week. each each week. So I don't know what happened um, with that decision. I don't. I don't think there was an injury or anything that definitely didn't show up on the injury report. But that was uh, yeah, definitely interesting because you definitely see like who's 21 out there, and then he gets beat by you know beat by one of the Packers wide receivers, and then you're like, oh. Xavier Crawford. So, yeah, that was interesting, to say the least. I, I think my not-so-bold prediction came true the, as I was thinking through talking points because I said that we would get Aaron Rodgers down for uh, three sacks here today, and I think Quinn got one, Matt got one, and Akeem Hicks. Yep. So the big trio all were able to take down Rodgers. Again, doesn't matter at the end of the day, um, but just want to at least point that out. And yet uh, another positive, if you want to look at it, although when you look at the final score, uh, it may not feel like it. Mason, any final thoughts on this defense, good, bad, or otherwise? It's the toughest part right now is that the defense's trajectory doesn't match the offense, right? This is a win now defense. It's it has its issues, it has its holes, but if you attach to this defense to, you know, a lot of other offenses in the NFL, the Chargers, the Packers, uh, the Buccaneers, any of those, you would say, okay, this is a Super Bowl team. But right now, we said that earlier about the offense. That's not necessarily the case for them. So. Are we wasting it? Which is this part that kills me? Are we? Is it currently like the stuff we saw from the key mix, the Renaissance coming back from a Robert Quinn? Uh, I mean, yes, we have some young players in the Jalen Johnson and a Roquan Smith, but it's like, man, this sucks. <laughs> like, <it's just> like <laughs> you wish this match just matched up better, you know, with, with with the timelines right now. And there are just some people, defensive players in that locker room, that need to figure out where where they're at right now and what the game plan is, not just for the next game, but for the rest of this year, because you may not be back next year. No, that's a that's a really good point. How about you, Nick? Anything you want to wrap up uh, your thoughts on this Bears defense and what you saw here today? Well, I think a lot of the the things that we mentioned, but it's like when you do have maybe coverage breakdowns or you know don't finish on the plays, the good teams, the good offenses will take advantage of that. And you know the Raiders couldn't do that a week ago, but Aaron Rodgers can. And this is this is where the schedule gets. You know, it was it was bad at first, but now hey. There's Tom Brady. Yep. Tom Brady's next. And, you know, you, you're going to have the Baltimore Ravens in a couple of weeks. Like, there are some quarterbacks that will tear you up if you give them the advantage, uh, you know, the opportunity to. So I'm really curious to see how this Bears defense can respond to this game and see what they go, you know, go move, moving forward. But it's going to be a tall task. And, I'm, you know, we'll see what happens with them. Yeah, they have a Bucks team. They have, what, 10 days with some extra rest to prepare for Ooh, this defense. And, uh, Tom Brady's playing at a good level. The whole offense it is. Exactly. We uh, It's going to be an interesting week to kind of preview all of what's coming up. Uh, to kind of enter the fourth quarter or so real quick, anything on special teams? I, I feel like, you know, Jakeem Grant uh, today, uh, I thought he was going to break one at some point. Uh, honestly, he looks fast. He knows how to, you know, find the holes with his blocking, hit him real hard and in a hurry. And I, I'm surprised he didn't take one back to the house here. They had a big return, too, that's also called back, if I remember correctly. Um, every time he touches the ball, I feel like there's like a gasp in the air, almost like a Tariq Cohen-esque when he was able to kind of, you know, hand, handle those duties in the past. And over the past year, we haven't had a player like that. I'm starting to see it here today. But, Nick, anything else in the third phase? I'll just say you actually pay attention to punt returns, right? Yeah. I mean, let's be completely honest. That phase was, you know, non-existent. But when Jakeem Grant back there, it's like, 
you know, there was one where he didn't fair catch it, and yeah. and the Packers like they didn't expect. They were like, oh, he didn't, and he just runs. So you actually watch punt returns, and that's been it's been a while. And Tariq Cohen had his moments, but you actually watch it, so that means he's making an impact there. That, that's a really good point. <laughs> I forgot about that play. Yeah, and I was sneaky. Like, oh, he did not wave his hand. He just was able to take off for some additional yards. How about you, Mason? Anything on the third phase you want to hit on? You know, just two things. One, real quick, I love Jakeem Grant's aggressiveness. Uh, it's it's awesome. I know uh, he had after that one play, I looked at you and said, "I mean, that's why you returned. Like, you have him there." Like, <laughs> um, and then, but you also see why the Bears have had issues with returner. Like when Ted Ginn was here, and he made some business decisions. Like I'm just not going to return that because Jakeem Grant got shaken up not once but twice, and that's mm-hmm. why you had Artavis Pierce, and that's why you had Demir Bird, who led a you know punt go over his head and luckily it was 80 something yard punt and luckily it went in the end zone because it was a little windy but he just let that carry um and that's why you see some of the punt returners in bears pass not return kicks because it's it's a dangerous position to be in um so hopefully he can come back next week and i would love to see the aggressiveness continue but you know also maybe learn how and when to take the hits so that he can finish the game all right, this leads us to our segment. It's time to call an audible. Uh, I'll kick things off here. You know, a moment in the game I wish I can take back and change. I think it's going to be that phantom no call on the offside. Is that with that mm. Justin Fields interception that you hit on at the top there, Nick? You know, without that play, again, that bear, the Bears had all the momentum there. And after that, the Packers were able to take that intercepted ball and, and march it down the field, score their points, and it felt like it was heavily in favor of Green Bay for the entirety of that game. If I wasn't going to do that one, I'd probably go back to the last series before halftime where I was telling, I forgot which one of you, but it felt like the Bears were playing for a field goal and not being as aggressive as they should have been uh, with a little over two minutes left in the half uh, to be able to kind of either tie it heading into the halftime or maybe even taking a lead because you do get the ball after half and they could have done a two for one and actually end up uh, you know, on the other side of this thing, I believe, if that is able to come to fruition. How about you, Nick? What would you change in this game and why? Uh, I would change my my score prediction that I had going to get to this game. I said it would be close. And actually, you know, 24-14, right? It wasn't a complete blowout, but it felt like that. It, it felt like that. Like, the Bears' offense wasn't moving. And the, I, I'm going to reference that, that sequence of five drives where it was the interception, four punts. Yep. Like, you have to just do something different schematically and just to to – establish some kind of offense and I you know what I take back maybe I think delay of game that eventually led to the sack that got the Bears out of field goal range right at the end of half maybe uh, you know I go to that play and maybe that you know changes things who knows but that was a that was a huge moment in that game and the Bears the Bears needed all the points they can get but that's definitely a series and a sequence of plays I look at no I'm with you that was a huge swing uh, right after a swing. That was like two big blows uh, in a row. And I felt like the Bears took a while to recover into that fourth quarter, uh, at least offensively. Uh, Mason, how about you? Anything you would change that we haven't hit on? No, I mean, while I agree that the the biggest momentum swing was definitely that, you know, penalty that never was uh, after before that interception. Unfortunately, there wasn't really something, anything the Bears, I feel like, could do in that situation. I mean, could Justin have put the ball in a better position? Sure. Or just throw it out of the back of the end zone? Sure. But in terms of a play or that a player or coach could actually do something about, I agree. Right before the half, you know, either you got to pick a lane, be more aggressive and go for the touchdown, or you run the ball, get it centered up for your kicker who has been stellar, and you go into the locker room with a little bit more momentum and with a tie game. Yeah, it, it felt a little wishy-washy in terms of the approach that the Bears had uh, on there. Guys, who would you give your MVB to here today? And actually, let's go right back to Mason. 
I mean, there's one answer. It's Khalil Herbert. Let's be real. Juice is, I mean, he, again, without him, I don't think the Bears are even in this game remotely. Uh, when mm-hmm. he they needed chunks, he got chunks. Uh, he You could tell there was a bit of an energy when he ran the ball, not just on the field, but in the stands. Uh, and Khalil Herbert is someone that, man, any other team from the get-go, he would have been a starter. And we're lucky enough now to have, when he comes back, a David Montgomery, Khalil Herbert, two-headed monster. That's a good problem to have, figuring out how you're going to split those carries. Yeah, they are. I, I think I said this a few weeks ago, but... Due to the Montgomery injury, they had to you know, play Herbert quicker, and I think they're trying to keep him a secret here. We saw what he can do in the preseason. We saw what he can do in training camp, but it's translated so well uh, here to Sunday. He's my MVP, too. Uh, if you think about it, right, no Damian Williams here today. So without Herbert, then you're looking at Ryan Dahl and Artavis Pierce. Mm-hmm. If that's your backfield in this game, I doubt the Bears score the 14 points that they did here today. So uh, I believe... Like Mason, Herbert is the most viable bear here. When it's all said and done, Nick, you going to make it a consensus? Yeah, I was looking around. There's all these bear cans. There's no room to like get all this stuff off the field. So yes, it's it's Khalil Herbert as the MVP too. You're not tr- you don't have that faith in uh, Ryan Nall there. Well, I was I was hyping him up earlier in the week, but I don't even think he got an offense once. Uh, not I, from, I don't know, but not from my yes, view. Khalil Herbert MVP. MVP Herbert consensus two weeks in a row. I know last week was split between the Khalils. But Herbert, man, really showing out. Two-minute warning, guys. Want to do grades? I don't mind either way. Grades, grades, grade it. D. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, uh, yeah. Let's just go with D. Honestly, Nick, I'll go with D as well. It's consensus. There we go. D. All right. All right. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> I mean, there wasn't enough to make it an F. I think here, there's enough positives to at least pull it up. But when you lose to Green Bay, that just hurts. All of our hearts. Uh, so that's going to just pull it down, too. All right. Uh, final thoughts. And let's go to Nick first. Final thoughts. This, uh, Like I said in the preview show, it's always a reality check when you play the Green Bay Packers. And that's exactly what it was. They were riding high, two wins in a row, first road victory last week. Then you come to Soldier Field and you play the Green Bay Packers. And that, that high is now a low. You are now at this point trying to restart and reset for Tampa Bay next week. <laughs> will be uh, a Super Bowl contending team, what I think what they have there. So. How does this Bears offense respond? They need to, they need to, now that you've had a couple of games with Bill Lazor, Justin Fields, and you know Cleo Herbert's going to be the running back moving forward with obviously Dame Williams when he gets off on um, the COVID 19 um, list. It's like, what can you do offensively to just generate more points? That's what it ultimately comes down to. We see some of the explosive plays coming back a little bit. The running game, they stuck to it in this one. They couldn't do it for as long as I think they wanted to, but they need to now take that next step with this offense and start and, you know, integrate. More of what what we can see from Justin Fields and his strengths, but it's a daunting task. And I'll go back to what Mason said. It's like what it, this this season's not all about. It's not about making playoffs or anything. Maybe we thought that just last week because of a win. It's how Justin Fields develops. As long as you keep that in mind, and if these win, if these losses become close, okay, you can. I think you can live with that as long as Justin Fields showing what he needs to show. But I'll cap it off at that and. Turn it over to you guys. All right. So for my two-minute warning, final thoughts here real quick. You know, A, I, I said at the top, I'll say it again, I hate losing to Green Bay, and I'm sick and tired of it. Uh, hopefully, you know, we're getting towards the end of the tunnel here. Once Aaron Rodgers is gone, yeah. Justin Fields uh, gets a little bit more solid footing underneath him. I, I 
would hope uh, that we can change the narrative here uh, in Chicago for some time. Ooh, we got a nice little wind gust there, huh? Just got smacked by my credentials. Yeah. Right <laughs> um, other than that, though, I mean, you know, this loss, you know, it, it pains me. It hurts. I, I hope all the, you know, every single player in the locker room uh, feels 100 times worse than I do right now, remembers this, and can use it as a you know, motivation going up against a really good Buccaneer football team uh, next week and come December when we play Green Bay uh, on their turf uh, coming up here uh, later on in the season. Outside of that, though, again, uh, not enough on defense, especially in the red zone, uh, giving up those big plays when they matter, uh, offensively unable to make the big plays when they count, unable to put up points when you need it the most. And at the end of the day, that's not a recipe to beat the Packers, let alone most teams in the NFL. Uh, I think what we saw here today, uh, it's not enough to hang your hat on, but they were in it in the fourth quarter, which is more than we saw a year ago. If you want to kind of look at super fine details to find positives on, but uh, other than that, I think we're all going to be driving home deeply disappointed. Uh, I know I will be, uh, but that's going to do it for me. Mason, final thought. So first off, unfortunately, I'm now going to have to wear a Packers jersey in the clinic tomorrow. Oh. Uh, I had a bet going with my student, so that'll be fun. I get to wear the, the green and yellow. I'm not even going to say gold uh, tomorrow. And also, I owe uh, Samuel 15 push-ups. Bet, bet one of my uh, patients that, too. So it's going to be a rough Monday. <laughs> Besides that, I'm going to go more silver lining, half, last half-full thought process. This isn't the Browns game, right? I mean, no. that was just detrimental. That was a whole other conversation. Um like Nick said, like I said, like Will said, it's about growth. It's about moving forward. And this, it's a loss, but it's a better loss than that game was. Uh, we saw little bits and pieces. We see glimmers of what could be, but even more so than I think we did see, not to, you know, dragging through it, but, but with Mitch. You know, with Mitch, it was always like, you got excited about you, like you forced it because you had to because you're like, this is the future versus with Justin. I think that you can actually see some of that potential coming forward. It was a 10-point loss. It wasn't a blowout. I mean, yes, it felt worse, but I think part of that is, is the Packers and part of it being because it was there, it was right there, right? At halftime, you're like, you can taste this. The Bears led the game at one point, like for a good chunk of the game until the Packers scored. And uh, I think right now, too, while I do think it's not about this year, it's about you know falling years, I don't know that the Bears and the Bears organization agree. And I think that there might be a change coming maybe to bring some help to to the Bears offense. That's just my guess. Ooh, making guesses. I like it a lot. Yeah, can you take can you take me back to the first quarter when the Bears score in the opening <laughs> drive? The defense is firing all, on all cylinders, taking down Aaron Rodgers consistently. That pressure, this place was electric yeah. uh, at that moment. Uh, of this afternoon, and uh, I wish I had a time machine to kind of go back and bottle that energy. Uh, it's hopefully something we can live more in uh, in our future. Uh, but that's going to do it, Bears fans. Thank you so much for watching this episode or listening to the podcast. Uh, I'm sure the audio quality uh, with these mics and being outside in the wind. Uh, so thank you for bearing with us uh, throughout it all as we do something a little different outside. Uh, for I, what we haven't done an outside podcast in quite some time. Training Camp 2019. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I think it's the last time we actually recorded an episode outdoors. Uh, so appreciate your patience, understanding, and allowing us some flexibility to, I don't know, flex those creative muscles uh, <laughs> once in a while, too. So, again, uh, the Bears lose. I don't need to tell you that uh, by the final score, 24 to 14 to the Green Bay Packers uh, here at Soldier Field. And we'll see how the Bears rebound next week against a very good Tampa Bay Buccaneers and Tom Brady uh, on the road. Uh, so until later on this week when we meet the opponent, uh, enjoy your Monday. I know Mason won't, uh, as you heard. Hopefully <laughs> have a better Monday than him. Uh, but until next time, bear down, Chicago. Bear down.